podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin Podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com, find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it. Welcome back, podcast patrons. Another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Got a kind of cool special episode. I have more than one guest on today. Uh, the guys from Athlos College Coaching, Brad Marrick. You know him. You've been on the podcast before, played the PJ Championship, Kiowa, all that. You know his history. Joe Accordino, uh, Emmy Award winning uh, ESPN, social media, digital media, all over the place. The man wears a thousand hats. And we're going to kind of get into what they do, how they met, where Athlos came from. Uh, And full disclosure, because everyone knows that we're 100% transparent here, they are both helping my son Lydon through the college recruiting process, do an amazing job at that as well. And it's been eye-opening to me, a former college athlete, in how the recruitment has changed over the years uh, and dating myself, it's been, you know, 20 some odd years since, you know, I was in high, uh, college longer than that, 25 plus years. So uh, it, it's kind of cool to see how they work and how they navigate and just how in depth everything that they do is. So gentlemen, welcome, Joe. Let's, let's start with you um, out in rainy California, correct? That's right. Yeah, it's been some uh, non-traditional California weather for us recently, Dan. First of all, thank you so much for having me, having us on the podcast. Uh, We're so happy to be here with you. It's been a pleasure working with Leiden so far uh, on the college golf recruiting process. And it's going to be fun to sort of talk a little bit more about um, who we are, what we do, how this whole deal works for, uh, especially for the juniors and parents out there. Um, But yeah, let me just give you a little bit about my background, Dan. Um, So I'm a TV guy, as you mentioned. So my first job out of school where I was not a college athlete, unlike you guys, um, I worked for ESPN for 10 years. So I was in production behind the camera, uh, so working on live events. So Monday Night Football, uh, the PGA Championship, before Brad played the PGA Championship, uh, NBA playoffs, um, Spelling Bee, anything you can think of that ESPN broadcast, I had the, the pleasure of working on for 10 years. And uh, I was looking to make a change at the 10-year mark because I was about to have my, my first kid. Uh, and as much as I loved it, I was looking for something that was still in sports, still rewarding, where I could make an impact, but also wasn't away from my family for 60% of the time. Uh, and that's uh, where, where Brad came in. So let's talk real quick. One of the things that I've always seen in all the Zoom calls from you, know, you with Lydon and myself is the Emmy that sits back there. And I remember telling Lai on the first Zoom call we had, I said, Dan, that's a pretty good added touch. I've got some cool <laughs> behind me, but, um, you know, it kind of pales in comparison to that. I, you know, real quickly, obviously, shine some light on yourself. Where'd that come from? How'd that come about? 
Well, thank you. Um, I mean, there's people who've worked in, in the TV industry who have a lot more than one, but I'll, I'll take what I can get. So that came from my time on Monday Night Football. So one of the things that I did was I was involved in the creation of uh, the specialty graphics on the show. So if you watch Monday Night Football, and now it's sort of spread to all over uh, sports television, where you see some of these like, sort of zany cartoons where we're taking a stat and making it uh, interesting, right, uh, visually. So some, some sort of cool animation around a stat. And I would work with uh, graphic designers, give them my idea, give them the script, and they would animate uh, these ideas and bring them to life. And, and we had a lot of success with that, uh, a lot of traction on the Internet from that. And uh, we were rewarded with a national Emmy one year for, for the work we did on that, which was, uh, you know, very cool, obviously. It, it was um, a, certainly an honor to get that. Um, but uh, thank you for, for pointing that out. I'm, I'm certainly very proud of it. Very cool. And Brad, obviously, people know you've been on the podcast before. Um, you were gracious enough to give uh, me some time after the PGA Championship at, at Kiwa Island. Um, so we know your golf background, we know kind of your teaching background in golf and your coaching. How did this come about meeting Joe, deciding that Athlos is the direction that we're both going to head towards? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, so Joe and I, uh, we've been boys for a long time now. Um, we actually met, I've been in the Bay area about seven and a half years now. Uh, and one of, uh, my wife's kind of first friends in the Bay area that she met, uh, she met Joe's wife. Uh, they both work at Apple together. Um, so Joe and I, you know, kind of known each other for most of my time, uh, in the Bay area. And, um, you know, Joe was always really interested. We would, you know, get together, grab dinner, stuff like that. He was always really interested in what I was doing with, uh, the juniors that I was coaching. Um, and so he knew, you know, he was well aware that, you know, the, the higher level juniors that I would coach, uh, especially early on, I would help them through the recruiting process. Um, and, you know, the longer I did that, the more apparent it became that like this wasn't really just something that could be done, like with me helping somebody that I'm also coaching. Like it wasn't giving those juniors, you know, their 100% best chance of getting to the university of their dreams. And, you know, the first few years I knew Joe, it was just kind of a common refrain. You know, I think this is my last season on Monday Night Football. Um, <laughs> and then the, the Hall of Fame game would roll around and uh, <laughs> I asked Joe what he was doing that week. Because, ah, you know, going to Akron for the, for the, right, is it Akron, Joe? Right, is that? Canton, Canton. Canton, that's right. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, you know, going, you know, hopping on a flight for the, uh, for the Hall of Fame game. So, uh, you know, after you know, being in coaching for I don't know, three, four, five years, I came to Joe with the idea. I'm like, well, there's a huge need for this um, in the junior golf space. Uh, you know, junior golf as a whole is just entirely way too complex. And then you add the recruitment uh, on top of that. And it's just a whole nother level of complexity. Um, you just have to make sure you're doing you know, the right things at the right times to give yourself the best chance of playing golf in college, um, you know, at, at an institution that you're going to want to go to both athletically and academically. Yeah, I, I, first off, I had a different question in my head, but that just threw me on a different track. Um, you mentioned academically and athletically. You know, I think that's super important as a parent of hopefully a future collegiate golfer. You know, I understand that sports are fleeting. You know, I understand that injuries can occur. Coaches can change. 
So really, the number one goal should be to get into a college academically that has a golf team that you can be on. Um, I, I'm going to take that in a, in a different direction in a second, but I want to ask you, Brad, first, where did or when did this complexity arrive within the recruiting process? Because I know just from my experience, like I was a very high level wrestler, colleges that wanted to recruit me came to the state championship, watched some videos, they called, they sent letters, you know, it, that's a wrap, it's a day. Uh, nowadays, <laughs> just going by what you and Joe have presented to Leiden already, I, it, it's it's almost like it's a different language and you guys are able to break it down and turn it into English. So when did you kind of see this change start to occur in the complexity of the college recruiting process? Yeah. Uh, outstanding question. Um, so, I mean, kind of like you touched on, I mean, sports like, you know, sports like wrestling, football, basketball to, to a large degree, you know, I mean, there's with football, there's some some camps and combines you can go to and you can you know play on some traveling basketball teams, you know, AAU teams. But if you're if you're an absolute stud, if you're really good on your high school team, colleges are going to notice you. And there isn't, you know, as much work um, that needs to be done when compared to golf. And, you know, even, you know, I'm going to date myself here, but this is, you know, 20 years ago now that I was going through this recruiting process, you know, myself and it wasn't just, you couldn't just play, you know, your high school state tournament. You couldn't, you know, in just the local junior golf. I mean, if you were, if, if your goals were, you know, a very small school kind of local to the area, you know, that would probably suffice. But, you know, I had, you know, dreams of playing in a, in a power five conference. And so, you know, I had to travel, you know, would play four five, six AJGA events over the course of the summer that required a, a ton of travel. Um, that's only gotten you know, increasingly more complex. There's way more junior golf organizations than there were back then. I mean, every year it seems like there's, you know, a new organization that pops up or existing organizations just keep adding more and more tournaments. So it became, it became really necessary to, if, if you had, you know, high level division one golf as your aspiration. And just to be clear, we help, you know, we help kids at with all different goals. I mean, kids who have goals of division three, strong academic schools, kids who, you know, want to play, you know, at the, at the highest level possible and then everywhere in between. Um, so that's kind of increasingly gotten more and more complex, I'd say over the last 10 to 15 years. And then COVID came in and just really crunched that and accelerated that, um, even further. So, um, I would say that, you know, as a result of COVID, there just became, you know, we had people that were taking an extra year. Um, so there was, you know, one less roster spot at times, two less roster spots. You had kids taking gap years. So you had a, you had a few classes that were kind of condensed and overlapped um, on top of each other, um, which which just added to that complexity. Well, and that complexity, <clears throat> I mean, you, you touched on it, Brad. I mean, that starts at the, the junior golf level, as every parent knows. That starts before the college recruiting process is even close, right? I mean, here in the Bay Area, and it's a similar deal where you are, Dan, but we've got, you know, two just Northern California specific junior golf organizations that have very different sign up registration processes. And we have about six other organizations where you can play there that all have different 
sign up registration differences and, and schedules are different and requirements are different. I mean, and that's just the junior golf level, right? So parents are, are met with the complexity of this sport when their kids are like seven years old. So I mean, that's one of the unique challenges about golf before you even get to recruit it compared to something like, you know, something like a baseball or a basketball, where certainly there are complexities. But if you're playing on your high school team, you're playing on your AAU team and you're getting appropriate visibility and you're doing your videos, you're in a pretty good spot. Whereas junior golf, I mean, the biggest hurdle initially is just navigating the, the, the different organizations that are out there. Because as Brad said, you can't just play for your high school golf team if your goal is college golf. We got to branch out a little bit more. So I think the, um, the differences in complexity start early for golf. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point because you know, parents always want to kind of set their kids up for the best possible path. And if you don't even know where the first step is on that path, it's it's uber difficult. Um, you know, baseball is simple. Put them in Little League. If they're good, put them on a travel team. You know, they'll go to different places. Scouts will see them. But in golf, and I guess it's very much similar in the way that golf is kind of televised, right? It's hard to televise a sport because there's people all over the place on the course. You multiply that and you'd make that nationally now. There's good kids nationally playing all over the place. So it's like, how do I get that exposure for my kid? Let's say that I was a parent that knew nothing about golf whatsoever. You know, and, and thankfully, the position that I'm in, I have a little bit of kind of my head above the water compared to most other parents. But if I'm a parent out there, my kid loves golf, my kid is showing some promise, they are decent on their high school team. Maybe they play some local stuff. Maybe they play some hurricane. They decide sophomore, junior, they're going to play some AJGA, AJGA events. Um, how are you structuring your business model, your plan towards that kid? Like kind of walk us through, if I'm a parent listening to this podcast and saying, you know what? It is way too murky out there. Like, I need some experts to kind of clear the air for me. What are you guys doing? What are the steps you guys are taking for the, the future collegiate athlete out there? Yeah, let's, let's address the, the tournament scheduling part of it first, Dan, because that's, um, I think, where your question's going. The first thing you want to do is forget most of what you've heard from other parents on the golf course, okay? I mean, one of the reasons that golf is so unique is that you're going to be walking with other parents for five hours, two days in a row, a lot of the times. And, and they're just talking, right? And FYI, that's my personal hell. Just so, just so <laughs> we're clear out there. Yeah, it's, um, it's a unique situation that you don't have to deal with, again, in other sports, where it's just that's you nice, and maybe- That's a nice way of putting it, a unique situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of what you hear, most of what you hear there from other parents is not true. And what you'll hear a lot of is, oh, your son or daughter has to play this tournament. They have to play this event. They have to play AJGA, whatever it is. What you want to do is put that to the side and make the best decision for your student athlete at that point in time. Okay. And what we recommend doing, and obviously it's different. Every region is different uh, in every state. But what we recommend doing is focusing on the local events first. Okay. So if you feel like, you know, your son or daughter is ready to play at a junior golf organization, not just for their school team, let's focus on what's in the area, whether it's, you know, Lehigh Valley, where you guys are, or where we are, which is JGNC, JTNC. Let's start on the, the local regional organizations first and make sure we're having some success there, okay? 
what we see a lot is that these parents are told, oh, you got to play AJGAs, you got to play this big event. And they're putting their students in there before they're ready. And not only is that, you know, not going to give them a great score, but it's going to be demoralizing sometimes for students when you do that. All right. So you want to build up gradually, make sure you're having some success. You're finishing in the top half of your field, top 10 of the field at the regional local level first before pursuing that next step, which is, you know, whether it's FCGs or AJGAs or even some of the bigger hurricane tournaments, Nota Begay qualifiers. Let's have some success first, because and you know this, Dan, if, if a kid is enjoying the golf process, right, if they love playing golf, if they love practicing golf, a lot of this is going to be way easier, right? Because they're driving the process. They want to get better. They're experiencing uh, some success, and they're going to want to keep that going. So we always recommend starting small and then building your way up gradually. Now, Brad, you coach in and around the Bay Area. Provide lessons, provide guidance to kids that are there as well. But I think one of the things we need to touch upon is that you guys do not deal specifically only with the Bay Area. So I know kind of in the beginning, the clientele really was from there. But as you guys have grown, that's expanded. What's kind of been your key to that expansion and reaching out kind of out past the local area that you're comfortable with? I think Brad went uh, silent on us there. Can you hear us, bud? No, it's like a mime show almost. Joe, while he's working on that, you want to jump in on that? How have you guys expanded from just kind of the Bay Area? Sure, yeah. And, you know, we, we took the same approach that I just shared about junior golf, right? Is you have to start locally, start with what you know. Um, and what we've seen is that uh, as people outside of the Bay Area have heard about our approach, and we do think we have a unique approach to this, um, we've had some people that have reached out that have been interested from different states. Um, so it's all happened very organically. I think what's important in this process as recruitment coaches is that it's got to be a two-way street, right? So not only do we need to want to coach the junior and their families, but they've got to be in on this too, right? So we're not going out and trying to recruit every family that exists everywhere and sending email blasts every week and blowing up your phone and blowing up your email. Basically, what we've seen is that if the junior wants this, if this is a goal, they're going to go after that. They're going to go get it. So it sort of happened organically, like I said, where we have found families and juniors that are as invested in this process as we are. And it's, it's definitely a two-way street. Wouldn't you agree, Brad? think you're on mute buddy no man every time you start to talk it goes to that little mute button uh but joe it, it is right i mean you need to have the juniors invested you need to have their parents invested you know as much as you guys can do a ton of work for them it's just like a coach right the coach can give all the information can give them all the practice can give them all the skills and skill related trends they need but there needs to be that desire there to work as well. I, I couldn't have said it any better, Dan, because here's the misconception that some people have about us in this process in general, is that we as recruitment coaches are doing the work for you. That couldn't be further from the truth. What we believe in this process is, is literally coaching, right? 
So, you know, if we gave a one hour presentation once a year and said, good luck, that's not helping anybody, right? So our approach is different than that. Our approach is that we're gonna be talking constantly over Zoom. We're available on email, text, phone call to answer any questions because we look at ourselves sort of as swing coaches for recruitment, right? You wouldn't get one lesson a year from your swing coach and then have them tell you good luck or one lesson ever. We do consistent coaching. And when I say coaching, it's not, hey, here's a template, right? Just put your name in and that's the email you'll send. We want to teach the principles of this process. And that way, juniors have ownership over this whole deal, right? And that does two things. One is that it gives juniors a lot of skills going forward, right? How to write an appropriate email to an adult. Well, that's just not helpful for college golf recruiting. That's helpful in general and life, right? And the second thing is these coaches, the college coaches want to know Who am I getting here? You know, they're not recruiting you, Dan. They're not recruiting Brad Merrick or Joe Accardino. They're recruiting Leiden, all right? So it's really important that everything comes from the student in this entire process, how they are on the phone, how they are over email, how they are on the visits. It's all about the student. So that does take us longer, frankly, to coach and not just give them a template, but it's worth it. Yeah, and, and what's great is, like you said, the help and support all the way through the process. Lai just had his first college phone call with the coach, you know, and and before he messaged you, he jumped on Zoom with you, gave him some pre-questionnaires, gave him kind of an inkling into what it would be like to speak to that coach. And then when he got on with the coach, I mean, the guy was kind of like floored and and being and, and going, dude, like you're a sophomore? You know, like how is that, you're asking me questions? How is that possible? And that all comes from you guys. And you, you do have kind of that boutique feel to really cater to the individual. It's not a mass-produced business model where we're trying to get 500 people in and giving every single kid the same exact you know rigmarole. Everything right. is tailored to the individual. Because let's be honest, a kid like Leiden playing Northeast PA golf has probably nothing in terms of golf um, in relation to a kid that's, you know, playing in California, it's completely different worlds out there. Brad, are you, are you good? I hope, I hope so. Yes. Some, some, some <laughs> I guess some technical difficulties due to all the rain out here. That's, uh, that's okay. I mean, and, and, you know, to give even more behind the scenes, we canceled last night. My internet was in and out. We were bombarded with six inches of just sleet and, hail and snow it took me like three hours to shovel the snowblower wouldn't even get through it i get it believe me um, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm complaining it hailed for about 20 seconds here last night <laughs> doing, using snowblowers and probably getting frostbite yeah our golf is done now for uh for a little bit at least but we've we've had a great winter um brad i want to i want to ask you the question um you know joe is is kind of i don't want to say grew up but as far as work responsibilities go, kind of really behind the scenes guy managing all that stuff. You know, in golf world, in this golf space, whether you like to think so or not, you know, you're you're a big recognizable name. Um, what what do you bring to the table for Athlos that future college athletes can kind of uh, can kind of learn from, honestly? Um, so. I mean, I think like the biggest thing from from this perspective is just 
you know, understanding and explaining through past experiences, both, you know, myself and also the students that, you know, Joe and I have worked with just kind of expectation management um, from both the, the parents perspective and the students perspective. So, you know, if, if your goal is this school, so school X, you know, this level, like what kind of work, what kind of, you know, what kind of effort it's going to take to get to that level. And then, you know, just the roles of parents uh, in this whole process, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of times, you know, parents are doing things that they think are helping, but in reality, it's putting more pressure on the student. It's not, you know, it's not allowing them to, you know, kind of go play freely. Um, so, you know, where, where my role really is with Athlos is just more, you know, kind of bigger picture of, you know, what's going on with both the student and their families from, you know, from kind of a higher level. Um, and, you know, helping them with, with any questions they might have with regards to, you know, things like when we hit a slump or when we run into some, you know, inevitably in this process, right? I mean, you're going to hopefully play a lot of good golf, but it's golf. So there's going to be some bad golf uh, thrown in there as well. And when you're 16 years old, you know, a lot of times that can seem like the end of the world. Um, so just, you know, really just sticking with the process. I know it's, you know, turning very cliche in 2023 to talk about process. But that's the stuff that we can control. Um, and so, you know, from like a goal setting perspective is, you know, really what I talk a lot about with the juniors that I coach and, you know, also with the parents is just like, we can't have goals that are just like, well, you know, let's win three times this summer. Like these goals need to be process oriented goals. And if we can, you know, if we set up enough of those process oriented goals, both on the, the golf front, the academic front and the recruiting front. Like we're going to have a really good chance of uh, being very happy with the end result uh, when, you know, the middle of se- middle of your senior year comes. Yeah. I well, think also, so- oh, oh, go, go ahead, Dan. Well, no, I was going to say, Brad's being humble as he always is. The sure. reality is, and you know this, that student athletes, especially high school student athletes really thrive off of role models. Okay. And so that's why, you know, we have our seniors that are committing now. So we're telling our juniors and our, and our sophomores, Hey, this is you in one year. This is you in two years, right? That's a very tangible goal to work toward, as is having somebody work with you that made the cut at the PGA Championship a year and a half ago, right? I mean, every single student that we work with wants to make the cut at the PGA Championship. Yeah. So having that and say, hey, this is the process that Brad went through. This is the kind of dedication that Brad has. If this is a place that you'd like to be at in 10, 15 years, it's possible right? It's all about your process and how you work through things. Yeah, well, I think what's super important to note as well is that Brad was an academic All-American, I believe, three times in college in Indiana. So, you know, regionally across the country, you've got kind of that um, that pedigree. You know, you've got the, the West Coast. You've got a little bit of the Midwest. You know what it's like to grind in in terrible weather, you know, uh, let's be honest, Indiana is not, uh, not Hawaii, you know, when it comes to, <laughs> um, and I, I think that's, it, it's super important, you know, I mean, when you, when you come out and like you said, Joe, you say, Hey man, like, remember the PGA that Phil won? Yeah. I mean, I was all over TV probably just as much as him, you know, <laughs> made a cut in it. You, you know, it, 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 it gives kids that, 
what's at the end of that ladder, right? When I get to the top, what's there? You can you can tell them flat out, look, this is this is what I did. This is how I did it. So you guys, you know, honestly, are not only providing a um, a, a a business for parents and juniors, but you're providing them with tangible goals and and, and role models. I do. I want to ask you this, Brad. Let's say let's say I'm one of those insane parents, and of course they're not listening to this. You know, at least they don't think they. <laughs> but let's say I'm one of those insane parents, right? And my kids shoot seventy eight eighty, and I think my kid's gonna go be the next Jordan Spieth and play at Texas. Um, and they come to you and they say, Joe, Brad, you got to get my kid into UCLA. He's gonna play at Stanford. He's gonna play at Texas. Um, kid is. You know, maybe never made the cut in a two-day tournament. Maybe he's never won a, a junior event. How do you handle kind of an overbearing parent like that that has extremely unrealistic goals? So, I mean, with those goals, I mean, it, no matter no matter what age, like, you know, to some degree, those goals are really good if they're coming from the the student because it means that they you know, they still are trying to achieve at the very highest level. Um, you know, with that, though, just comes a lot of hard work. From the parents' perspective, you know, I think that the, you know, what we do is, you know, kind of talk to the parent a little bit more individually about, okay, like, it's fine. Like, we can leave these schools on the list, but we need to have, you know, a lot of other schools that are probably more in our wheelhouse. Um because there's there's been some people that have come to us really late in the process who have really done everything very well, but they just simply weren't reaching out to the right schools. Mm. So and, you know, like kind of like you mentioned, or I think Joe mentioned earlier, it's like we never know what's going to happen. Right. We could you know, be playing great golf sophomore year and all of a sudden we you know, we hit a tree root and we break our wrist and we can't play for a year. So, you know, we could fall, we can fall and crack our ankle, you know, in the snow in Pennsylvania. So we always have to have, you know, we always have to have a lot of, you know, I don't want to call them backups, but we just don't want to narrow our options too soon. And so, you know, with a parent like that, it's, you're probably going to meet a lot of resistance if you're, if you start, you know, talking about leaving Stanford and UCLA off these lists. And it, it's less about that and more about just, okay, let's, we can leave those on there, but you know, let's, let's add some schools that are, you know, a little bit more realistic. And then, you know, to be honest, after, you know, six months, nine months of reaching out, if you haven't got a reply from one of those schools, that kind of gives you the answer that you're looking for. So that, that silence, or, you know, eventually they'll probably send you something to be like, Hey, you know, our, our recruiting class is getting narrowed down. We let that kind of guide the process. And as long as you start early enough, you have time for that to evolve. If you're starting this process at the end of your junior year, you know, by the time you get that feedback from those schools, it, it might be too late to to have those other schools on your list uh, to, to add those. So it's just just like anything, Dan, it's just, this no different than, you know, trying to build skills from, you know, on putting inside of eight feet. If you start at it, you know, from a younger age, you're just going to have, you know, you're going to have more reps and you're going to have more time. Um, to do things the right way, as opposed to just a crash course in the last, you know, six to nine months of your, um, you know, kind of recruiting window. Yeah, and you guys do a great job too. And you know, honestly, for all the people out there, uh, let me give a ringing endorsement of not only showing schools that are available that maybe weren't even on the radar, 
right? Uh, to to breaking down every single school with a a myriad of information as as you go across. I mean, it's been very easy to navigate. But one of the craziest things to me as a parent is just how many options are out there. So, Joe, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you start to narrow down the focus for these athletes. I mean, there's there's literally thousands of schools from Division One to NAIA schools. And, and so how do you go about narrowing that down for a future college athlete? Yeah, that's fun for us, I'll be honest, because as you said, there's, I think, 700-something women's NCAA programs, 800-something men's NCAA programs. That's not even talking about junior colleges and NAIA. So there are so many options out there, which which is a beautiful part of this process, right? I mean, Truly, if you want to play college golf and you work at your game and you work at the recruiting process, there's a spot out there for you. I mean, it's really just that simple. So like Brad said, it's all about starting that college just with the appropriate schools. If we're shooting 76 every time out, that's a good score. But if we're only going after the top D1s in the country, our list is wrong. So we like to put about 50 schools on the initial college list, 5-0 for our students. So that, that's a huge net, right? But you mentioned this earlier, Dan, you're not just looking for a good fit golf-wise. You're looking for an academic fit as well and also a social fit, right? I mean, you're going to be living here as a person for four years. So it's got to feel right, too. So to check all three of those boxes, you need to start with 50 schools because schools are going to get narrowed down very quickly. And then what we do is Brad and I have some fun conversations about this, but we factor in what the preferences are of the student, right? So location, size of the school, whether how far away from home the parents want them to go, because the, the students are always willing to travel and, and go far from college. <laughs> and sometimes the, the parents don't feel like that. Um, factoring that in, and then also, and Brad is great at this, but okay, so you're shooting this kind of school right now. You've been playing for this long. You've shown this improvement. You're a sophomore. So what's the range of possibilities for us? Like, could we get six strokes better in the next year and a half, right? You right. know, what, what's our ceiling? ceiling? Exactly. Yeah. What's our ceiling? But also, what's our floor? You know, just like Brad said, things happen. We hit we hit bumps in the road. So what we don't want is to have aimed so high that all of a sudden, oh, shoot, it's the start of my senior year. And now it's just reach schools on my list. We need to make sure that we've got a nice blend, just like we would if we were just pursuing it academically. I've reached schools, 50-50 schools and quote-unquote safety schools. And even, I mean, the wonderful thing about playing sports in college, Dan, and you know this, safety schools are incredible. I mean, we have students going D1, D2, D3, and the ones going D2, D3 are just as excited about going to college and playing golf as the D1s are, right? It's all a wonderful thing. If you're playing a sport in college, there is a fit for you out there as long as you go about this process the right way. Right. Yeah, I wonder if uh, Dan, you could, uh, oh, I, go ahead. Yeah, Dan, I just feel this statement, and this, you know, if people take nothing away from this podcast, if you want to play college golf, it, it doesn't matter if you're shooting. I, I had a student who he never broke 80 in a tournament until the start of his senior year of, of high school, who ended up playing D3 golf at a good academic institution. If you want to play college golf, you can do it. Um, you know, there, there are options available. Uh, it, it might take a lot of hard work, but if that's your goal, you can do it. You just got to target the right, the, the right schools. 
Yeah, I love that. I, I wonder if you could give us a little insight, Brad, to your recruiting process and, and kind of what brought you to Indiana. And looking back, hindsight, if you feel like that was the exact right choice and, and kind of how a program like Athlos could have helped you back when you were getting recruited. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good question. And to be honest, I think it's part of, it's part of why I'm so passionate about this and helping find the right fit. Um, I, I absolutely love this school at, at Indiana University. I, I just, I think my search was way too narrow, if I'm being perfectly honest, and I, I didn't branch out enough, um, you know, different parts of the country, things, you know, other other classes just see you know, people out there. Uh, a lot of friends had a really good time at Indiana University. Uh, do I think it was the best fit for me golf wise? I don't. I, uh, you know, I'll be pretty honest with that. Um, so, you know, that's part of why that's part of why I want to give you know all the juniors that we work with the best chance of success is because it was. You know, things were a little different back then. It wasn't, you know, the internet was actually around, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't what it is now. So, you know, either your ability to do online research, things like that, you know, check out. And this was kind of right before the the money kind of came into Power Five Conference Golf, where these amazing facilities were getting. Um. So, yeah, I, I think I just wrong research. Quite a bit. Uh, I kind of had it narrowed down. You know, I've reached Big Ten schools very early, and you know, I find I think I'm very fortunate that one of them did. I think we're getting a little bit of junior year going in the. Yeah, we got a little bit of technical. Uh, Better any better now? That California rain is kind of messing you up. Uh, a little bit, but I, I agree with most of what you're saying. I think back to me when I was being recruited, I got kind of um, kind of a little bit drunk on the, the Division One, you know, juice and uh, Division One coaches started reaching out and, and I kind of kept that as my focus and the two big ones that reached out, one was on Long Island. I didn't want to stay there. So I ended up in, in PA, you know, and I wish I had something for you like you guys do, you know, back when I was getting recruited. But back then, the Internet was really kind of in its infancy. So none of this occurred. You mentioned the Internet, Brad, and what a great tool it is. And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, Joe, this goes back to something you had said to Lydon a while back, doing these virtual campus tours. So we have a, an Oculus set and he has gone you know, with the, the map app that we have on it to these colleges and <laughs> literally it's just ruled some out and said, nope, like it's too much of a city um, or there's just nothing around there whatsoever. And, you know, I think we're, we're really in an entirely new world of how kids get recruited. And in a way, to me, it's kind of sad. And I guess maybe this is just nostalgia. You know, I kind of like that old way a little bit, but it really is exciting because now when he shows interest in a school or a coach reaches out, you know, I'm online at work on my off block looking that place up and looking up how they are in golf, where they travel, what tournaments they play. And and so there's, there's so many factors that go into it that it's just uh, just insane. 
So I, I'd like for you guys now, if you don't mind, to kind of explain to parents, to junior golfers that might be listening. And we do have a pretty big contingent of junior golfers that do listen to the show. Um, how would they, what's the first step in, in reaching out to you guys, right? How would you guys kind of navigate them and, and how would we get this started, Brad? How would, how would we do that? Yeah. Um, so for both parents, you know, for both parents and juniors, uh, you know, we're here to be a resource. Uh, we do, you know, we also do things for, for younger students, you know, that aren't ready to quite start the recruiting process yet. Um, you know, Joe and I will do uh, like parent consulting calls. So, you know, spend an hour on the phone or on the Zoom with, with the parents going over any questions they have, whether it's, you know, should we be doing X, Y, and Z, which tournaments are the right tournaments? Uh, I heard, you know, a parent say this, is this, is this true? Um, anything like that to help, um, just kind of help expand their knowledge of the process. Um, and then in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of how we get started from an Athlos perspective, um, you know, just reaching out to us and, and scheduling that intro Zoom. Um, so Joe's email is athlosjoe, A-T-H-L-O-S-Joe at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, just kind of virtually sit down with, with the whole family and give you an overview of what this process, uh, of just the recruiting process in general, and then what it would look like, you know, working with us uh, as well. And I'm going to put all that stuff in the liner notes, you know, for, for everyone and give kind of everyone the resources to be able to reach out to you guys. Uh, because really, you know, I'll be 100% honest, it is an invaluable tool. And you guys are an invaluable tool for both parents and and the athlete. Um, Joe, can we do, do we have enough time? Can we get a little bit into your golf game? Like, what's that like? As Brad as a buddy, I figure maybe, you know, he might be able to turn you into a single digit. Where are we at with that? Dan, uh, as I, I, I'm not ready to talk about my golf game at this point. <laughs> If Dan, if only this were a, a video, you know, if there was a video component to this podcast, we could pull it up. We were shooting some uh, kind of instructional videos uh, a few months back, and uh, Joe was doing the filming, I was doing the demo. We decided to split it up that way. Uh, <laughs> he, he wanted to hit a putt, and it it had to be I don't know what 70, 80 feet. Joe <laughs> hit one putt the whole day. Had to you know I think it's closing in on a hundred feet now. It's like a fish right. story. Um, one putt that day and he, he drained it. There you go. See. I mean, if if that's not a running endorsement, you know, like not only can we get you into a good college, we can make you the world's best putter as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm at a hundred percent putting during our our putting drills. So that's all you need to know, Dan. That's when you need to just up and retire and you're done. And I'm not hitting any more putts on video ever again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he, that's, that's absolutely his, uh, his intention there. Listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to send my kid. Oh, I'm going to send my kids. He's about to be two. I'm going to send him to Brad in about a year. And uh, he'll be better than me in no time. I mean, uh, it's a great resource to have. Uh, Brad, are we looking to qualify again for Oak Hill this year? Do you get any... Any status towards this year's PGA? How's that work for you? No, you know, 
I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, you've just got to earn it every year. Um, yeah, okay. So at the um, at the Club Pro, so you know the the PGA of America's National Championship that's uh, end of April, uh, April thirtieth through May third. So kind of same process as it was uh, last couple of years. Top twenty guys uh, will advance to the PGA. So starting to try to shake off a little rust, but the rain is not exactly helping my uh, cause here. <laughs> So. Yeah, how about it? How about it? Um, that's not, you know, I, I'll tell you what, you uh, you make that again. Eli and I and, and Drew might have to come up. That's not that far from us. At least it's on the right coast, I should say. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, so, guys, give, it, give us, you know, kind of promote yourself a little bit here. You know, uh, give us the Instagram. Give us the website. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know you guys do videos. And stuff that you promote out there, which, which which is great. You guys are producing content for free for people that, you know, literally, even if you decide that, you know, you're not going to go with a, a, a company like you guys, you guys are still, and you can tell how passionate you are, you're still providing information for juniors and their parents out there. Uh, so, Joe, give us the details of all that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate you asking because we, we are passionate about this, actually. You know, I... It, I think to be part of junior golf in this community, you, you have to love it and you have to understand that it's more than just a job. You are trying to work with juniors to achieve their dreams. Um, and I know that sounds corny, but it's true. And so we do provide a lot of free resources. So the first place to check out is our website, with the, which is athloscollegecoaching.com. Again, athlos is A-T-H-L-O-S, athloscollegecoaching.com. Look in the resources section. So we have free videos talking about, Brad did a great video about course management. We have schedule previews. Uh, we have just how to navigate the entire process, overviews, how to shoot swing videos. So a lot of stuff just to help you get a little bit into this process and start to understand it a bit, okay? And then our Instagram page, same handle, Athlos College Coaching on Instagram. We'll put videos on there. Uh, we've got some golf drills that, that Brad shot. Uh, where I sank that 75-foot putt. So check that out, Athlos College Coaching on Instagram. And again, that's that's all free resources. And if you feel like, hey, I'm already into high school, I'm a sophomore, I'm a junior, whatever it is, even a freshman, and I want to go after college golf. Like, I hear this, I'm serious about it. I understand that the way to get on a college golf team is to be proactive about this process because I know that I'm not going to be able to just sit back and hear from coaches, right? If you're ready to go for it, email me, okay? First thing we do is a totally free Zoom. So we give you information about the whole process. We share what we do. And then you decide, like, is, is this something I'm passionate about? Is this my goal to play college golf? All right. And then we go from there. But email me, athlosjoe, A-T-H-L-O-S-J-O-E at gmail.com. Again, we, we love working with families. We've talked to a lot of families that have, have never signed up uh, with us that we stay in touch with um, because I think, the first step in this whole recruitment process is just learning about it. So we'd love to talk to you. Reach out to us. Athlosjoe at gmail.com is the best way to get in touch. Awesome. And I, I might email you just because I'm looking to make more 95-foot putts as well. <laughs> the, the, the next time we're on you. the podcast, the next time we're on the podcast, Dan, it'll definitely be over 100 feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brad, you know how in playing tournaments, the announcers will refer to this guy made so many feet of putts. Eventually, it's going to be, you know, Joe made 200 feet of putts this weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah. How many putts did he make? One. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Awesome, guys. Well, I cannot thank you enough, Joe, Brad. Uh, like I said, we'll put the information out there, put it in all the Instagram stories so people can reach out to you. And, and hopefully they do. You know, hopefully, it, even if you don't have a junior golfer at home, if you know somebody that you're close with, friends, family members, acquaintances, you know, people that live around the block or whatever, or you're at a junior tournament, you know, spread the word because what they what they are doing out there uh, is really great. And they're really simplifying what otherwise would be super murky waters. Uh, gentlemen, thank you again. Enjoy the rain. I'll enjoy the snow. Um, <laughs> and either get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs>